very warm welcome to our Whispers of the Soul podcast, where we host conscious conversations with a spiritual and soulful twist. We and our guest speakers talk about life-changing events orchestrated from our soul, so that we can raise the profile of our quieter and more softer voice that comes from our intuition. So stay with us for your next soul download. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Whispers of the Soul. Uh, I'm flying solo today. There is no Sibby, but I'm so excited about uh, our wonderful guest that we have for you listeners today, which is Ria Lovegard. Um, So without any further ado, I will introduce Ria uh, to you. So Ria is an energy worker whose purpose on Earth is to activate and lead starseeds, lightworkers, healers, creatives and conscious entrepreneurs through the bridge of their divine mission into full alignment with their soul's purpose. Rhea is using the modality of galactic sound technology and has been nicknamed a galactic linguist, which is awesome. You need to talk about that. Um, Since she can speak multiple extraterrestrial light languages such as Adromedon, Octurian, Lyrian, Avian, uh, and feline, Syrian and Palladian, as well as languages of ancient civilizations of Lemuria and Atlantis, which I'm really interested in Lemuria. Um, Rhea has also gained the mastery to decipher other people's light language origins just by listening to audio samples. She regularly uh, conducts light language activations to awaken the ability to speak light languages in her students. Rhea's light language transmissions encompass powerful and expansive galactic frequencies that holistically unleash your full divine potential and empower you um, as you navigate this 3D reality. Oh boy, what a ride that is. Um, I will put lots of notes, um, you know, links in the show notes because there's lots of content out there that Rhea loads up. Um, But a very, very warm welcome to the podcast, Rhea. Thank you so much for the invite. It will be absolute pleasure to share what I know uh, with you and your listeners. Yeah, no, it's just it's it's just um, such an exciting topic for me, and um, you know the the idea of light language and how more and more people are engaging with it and trying to understand it, and there's sort of these activations that are going on with people. Um, it's it's just it's such um, a beautiful way of connecting with those energies you know thinking about it from a sound perspective because a lot of people are talking about different things and having different holistic experiences but this is very sound based isn't it yeah Um, what I like about light language is very concrete so you know when we talk about consciousness and transcendental experiences they are always somewhere out there like not possible to grasp yeah. Whereas light language offers almost like a bridge to that realm because it's something very concrete, actually mm. enters into our physical reality via the sound. So uh, I think um, it's it's absolutely fascinating to to also see how the collective is reacting to it because I had this ability since I was in my early twenties. So I'm I'm now thirty seven. So you know it's been over over 15 years and for a very long time I kept it as a lot of light workers do (laughs) somewhere in the spiritual closet and just kind of 
it was just this weird ability that I had. Um, and it wasn't until 2020 that I actually started activating and teaching others after my business has uh, gone completely, you know, pear-shaped and I've gone through my dark night of the soul. And it's almost like when life strips you from everything you associated to build your identity, then you can start, heck it, I'm just going <laughs> to do what I'm designed to do. There's now no fear, no shame, no embarrassment. I just, yeah. I just do it openly. So I'm really happy that we even having this conversation today because I think if you like went maybe five, 10 years back, backwards, there wasn't as much of an opening even around the subject. Yeah, I think you're definitely one of those, you know, a way shower with it because you were obviously channeling this and doing this a long time before it's kind of, you see it now blowing up a little bit on social media, for example. Um, but I love that story that you were, when you were saying kind of when everything just got sort of stripped away and it's, you know, it's a very kind of humbling experience at the same time as it being quite a scary experience. But then that's when, you know, it kind of, it came in. Is that where you feel that things shifted and changed for you, Ria, with it? Just before, I was an entrepreneur actually based in the United Kingdom and uh, I was for a number of years under immense stress, like most business people, just uh, basically trying to keep the head above water. Yeah. Uh, everything looked okay on the outside, but inside I was just very stressed. So I have been pursuing maybe since 2014 and 15, all the kind of manifestation and then meditation. I started actually learned that from my business partner who was always very chilled and i i couldn't kind of understand because i was always very very flustered and she was always very like calm and she kind of taught me to meditate and everything started shifting first um, just in my demeanor and even though things didn't go right mm. at least i could keep my calm but also that uh, mindfulness pathway opened up the connection to to the higher realms and mm -hmm. made me open-minded enough so that when the Arcturian contacted me, at least I didn't freak out. Yes. <laughs> so yes. just before that dark night of the soul, which was in 2020, when with COVID, our whole business kind of went away, all my possessions, all my investments, and I, it was a very, very painful experience, very shameful because I had a, I had a brand and obviously then I came out talking to extraterrestrials. So it was just a bit strange, but the Arcturians were preparing me since 2019 for it. Yeah. Just kind of like, um, so I, I, even though I could see everything in my physical reality changing and it mm. felt like a scary change, mm. I had my guides then with me and it was a lot, lot easier than it would have been had it happened uh, yeah. when I wasn't as connected. There's, there's a couple of questions that's coming up for me there because, you know, there's people are, are very interested and engaged in this idea of going from 3D to 5D and this idea of new, new earth and, you know, fifth dimensional consciousness and what that might look like in terms of our day to day in a practical sense. And how, how is that being experienced by people? Is it, similar to the story you've just shared where kind of everything collapses although that sounds like almost like an accelerated <laughs> ascension path but it doesn't, uh, yes. it doesn't have to happen 
way. That way. Yeah. Uh, for me, the awakening happened together with my husband. And I think mm. it was partially because he's, he was very stubborn, but very gifted. Yeah. And he's now living also his gifts. He, he's a psychic. He's, he's teaches Akashic practitioners and starseeds. But uh, I think if maybe had he been more open to it, it wouldn't have had to happen in such a drastic way. But because there was resistance, it was almost like the universe had to push us to the brink and it happened like a revolution. Whereas I'm sure there's many light workers who have a more graceful process Mm -hmm. because maybe they are proactively pursuing their gifts proactively looking for um, opening up to higher consciousness. Well, it wasn't the case for us. I think we had to take all the distractions away and be kind of put at the cliff face to actually realize what we're here for. So, you know, I think it doesn't have to be like that. The transition doesn't have to be like, you know, and and in in a way, I believe that that transition from 3D to 5D is just a different operating system, different consciousness Mm. and a different way of perceiving reality and relating to it. And for me, it happened in an accelerated pace, uh, thanks to possibly my soul contract. That's how it was designed for, for me to live through it, possibly through almost like as soon as I started contacting Arcturians, Mm. or they started contacting me as I started channeling other extraterrestrials and other extraterrestrial languages, like everything shifted in my consciousness. And even things like, you know, what I was like raised a Christian and I was, you know, um, very familiar with the gospels and all these things that Jesus was teaching about. And all of a sudden, uh, but then it kind of, it felt like impossibility. And in that 5D consciousness, it's like, but of course it's like that. Of course. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah, of course. Love unconditionally. It's like, it's just like it became embodied. And I think mm. the extraterrestrial light beings have provided like a hack. So it happened in an accelerated pace. Yeah, that makes sense. And and for people that kind of don't know that much about what it means to be a starseed or what light language is, because I know I've, I've heard you before talk about sometimes using the word language with it can, can, you know, make you think it's not it's something that it's not um but yeah I just wonder for people listening if you could elaborate a little bit on that yeah sure I I didn't come up with this term light language and I don't think it's the most fortunate out there it's just what this phenomenon is known as in the spiritual community perhaps if someone maybe comes from like a charismatic Christian background then they would know it as the gift of tongues is the same mm-hmm. phenomenon right it's channeling energy in the form of sound Mm-hmm. And it sounds just like a language. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe should I give a little like sample? <gasps> yeah. of... Ria, that oh, would yeah, be okay. awesome. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'll give you give you a sample to experience because it, some of them sound very much like uh, languages. Which, like, I'll give you a sample of actory. It sounds like Arabic. Okay. <laughs> I could go through Dubai Airport speaking like that. Nobody would blink. <laughs> they wouldn't. Wow, I love yeah, that. Yeah, it sounds like Arabic, right? It does, that, yeah. That's yeah. the idea of language comes from, because it resembles a language. But then mm. there are other light languages that sound nothing like a language. And, you know, um, like there's, there's, there's languages that, that sound more just like sounds. Yes, um, yes. 
I can give an example of that. Like Andromeda is a bit wild. Like so you know that doesn't sound like a yeah. proper language that's weird yeah <laughs> but that's what it is it do you know it fascinates me though that the energy behind it because you can really feel the shift just then when you went from one to another it, yeah that's... and but that's the essence of it what you tuning into Sarian, is the essence of it is the energy but i think we get lost in the word language and we think that oh you know but i don't understand it your soul usually does and then we also surprise because very often when i do tiktoks and uh, kind of that's that's my favorite uh, mode of expressing it is video and especially tiktok and people see that 60 seconds like oh my goodness me and i feel this and these memories come up and these sensations come up is this normal and it's like the surprise that it's not just like listening to someone speak because something is happening the soul remembers and i think that's the essence of light language is yeah. that it's energy and that remembering as well because is that to do with being a star seed and having these experiences in i mean i know we're in a linear time experience and everything's supposed to be you know simultaneously happening but in parallels or past past lives is it because we've had that experience as star seeds that there's a familiar familiarity there yes i believe that mostly because you will not always react in the same way to every light language i i, yeah. I speak so many different ones so i know the energetic signatures but perhaps someone come across one person channeling it and maybe it did not resonate and then they put another kind of recording or hear someone else and it feels like a thunderbolt and lightning and it's absolutely breakthrough for them yeah. that's because certain frequencies resonate and certain don't based on the unique soul history so for example i remember the first time i heard someone channeling syrian language i didn't know it was syrian my syrian activated after that after like a couple of months after that and then i knew it was syrian but i remember listening to it and it felt literally like home, like something, oh. like something deep. I couldn't put my finger on it. When you have affinity with a particular frequency, that's when you will remember because probably your soul has had that experience. Whereas maybe other language would just be completely neutral. You don't feel anything because it doesn't doesn't bring the memories. I how I like to explain is like you know I live in Costa Rica at the moment uh, and it's tropical climate there. I was born in Poland where we've got you know, winters with snow. So if I said uh, to, I don't know, my cousin, hey, remember that winter when we were doing a snowman, it would resonate and she would start laughing, etc. Whereas if I said to a friend in Costa Rica, oh, do you remember that when we did the snowman? I was like, what? Mm. It just doesn't even feel like that. It doesn't bring any memories because they never had snow in there. So that's just what it is. I was so ghost by something it remembers. So that's why certain energies resonate and others are quite neutral. Yeah. And, you know, as we're going through this kind of a, a collective, I guess, awakening, do you think, because, you know, people, you hear stuff out there where people are saying, using the word upgrade, for example, or, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, higher, highest timeline and, and all of this sort of thing, you know, and then you kind of get into that argument around destiny and fate. And, um, but I keep coming back to this word, remembering. Is that kind of entwined, do you think, with, with all of it, with 
this awakening process, this ascension process? Is the remembering a big part of it? Absolutely. I believe that by design, (laughs) or maybe also just that's how we evolve. We have almost like we always have these gifts and abilities Mm. and understanding. We just kind of, they lay dormant in us. Mm. So yeah, remembrance is a, is a very, very good um, way of putting it. And I think remembers and upgrades, it's kind of like this different description of the same thing because our yeah. consciousness is upgrading. Mm. Our consciousness is evolving very fast, which feels like, you know, upgrade to a software yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Which I yeah. think is quite fortunate, but it's almost like knowing that because you, our history hasn't started when when we were just born here and also collectively our history didn't start when just the bit that we taught in school we've mm. been way more advanced both as humanity and also as souls so yes it is remembering that there is something more than what the kind of education system and society leads us to believe yeah and that kind of that leads us down to this idea of what people refer to as the matrix, doesn't it? And this, uh, these kind of systems and societal structures, um, expectations, what's been become the norm, um, how they kind of can be repressed, repressing people or suppressing people. Um, and it's that that kind of breaking away from or breaking out of because the, it's already within us, but we've just been in this external yeah one of the messages that i keep getting from i mean i keep it's something that's been one of the first messages when i've begun receiving from the Arcturians and the syrians and other extraterrestrial races is that we don't realize just how powerful we are Mm. it's almost like we are like sleeping giants where we've humans we have been led to believe that we're powerless we're small we don't have that much power but actually like that's one of the messages is just remember your power it's just we very easily give that power away in in many different things and 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 also another thing that uh when i compare our society and how society is structured in different planetary systems is that there is no continuity here on earth as in we almost throw away our heritage our ancestry we don't remember our history we don't honor our ancestors a little bit maybe in some cultures more than others but certainly in the western culture it's almost like we don't build on this continuity of knowledge we don't we don't respect what the ones who came before us and because of that it's almost like it's easy to forget and it's easy to repeat history uh, which keeps happening you know same patterns emerge etc etc whereas if we paid attention to the maybe to the ancestral stories Mm -hmm. um, if we paid attention to some ancient knowledge and didn't just dismiss oh that's just myth oh that's just you know just like pokies nothing important if we actually took the lessons from it maybe we wouldn't be so easily swayed and manipulated and you know upgrading consciousness or opening consciousness it actually always leads us back to sovereignty and freedom. And people who are sovereign and free are difficult to control. So, of course, the current setup of different political systems, the current setup of our health system, education system, is not based on the principle of freedom. 
you know, they don't teach us how to open our consciousness in school. They don't teach us how to manage our finances. They don't teach us how to manage our emotions. They just kind of churn out compliant members of society. Mm -hmm. So I believe that, yes, definitely, as we kind of open our consciousness up, we start asking questions. And I think there's two different awakenings going on. One is the awakening to that matrix, let's say, to systems of power and control. And the other one is spiritual awakening. Sometimes yes. they come hand in hand. So if you open up to the word of spirit, you see through the system. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's not necessarily the, the case where people are just getting refrustrated with so-called matrix and rebelling, but not seeing a way out. And the, mm. the only way out is true. And the only way out is our sovereignty and, and standing and remembering our power. Do you know that? It's so fascinating he hearing you explain it like that because, you know, for me, my experience was I was always quite spiritual minded, I guess, even though my family, they weren't. But as a child, I'd experienced things that you couldn't dismiss very easily. And I kind of I, I went through a phase of blocking it off. Um, and then I came back to it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, no, not today. <laughs> um, but then I came back to it and then it was, uh, gosh, it must have been around the pandemic mm -hmm. so around yeah 2020 I guess that I feel I went through the other awakening the the, the kind of the matrix or the worldwide it's not mm -hmm. that I didn't know stuff it's just that I'd not put it together kind of I didn't do my dots. yes yeah. the lateral thinking of oh and the more the more I put it together the bigger it got Yes, yes, because it's maybe like when you are like you, you're suspecting something and you maybe feel like, I don't know, um, like, for example, I knew as an entrepreneur that uh, we're not getting the proper financial education, that they just want us to be compliant employees. And I knew that part. Mm. But then I thought, oh, that's just a school, that's just a financial system. But then you're like, oh, my goodness me, an education and healthcare and it, it all these systems talk to one another and they just it just this kind of web of oppression becomes apparent and this can be quite a humbling experience in itself uh when people are like wow all that i believed is not true yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah you can have a bit of a existential crisis in in a way you know and it's like <clears throat> i went through a phase of what i i would call rabbit hole you know i'd be down a rabbit hole you know got me torch on <laughs> there for a while it's like Sally come back out <laughs> it was just there was so much um but I did keep coming back to this you know the, this connection of all this because I I connect really well with angels um and my my angels or my guides they they will always say come come back don't get lost in it um it's all unfolding as it needs to and you know so it that kind of helped me get through it really but I see other people that may have snippets of this that do feel quite lost and do feel quite overwhelmed because that other side of them, the spiritual side, has been repressed in them or, you know, this this idea of coming out of the spiritual closet and then there being stigma and people calling it woo. But actually science and history is catching up to support the fact that it's not woo and it's it's. Um, I want to see more of it. Uh, we're entering now, um, as we're recording this, uh, we're entering so-called period nine in Chinese metaphysics. It's, a, mm -hmm. it's an age of 20, 20 years of age of fire. 
there's like five elements and this one is the element of fire which means wow. that both technological progress but also thing coming things coming into light mm. people leaning into the world of metaphysical mm. what was who will become mainstream so and also on the other hand side what worked in the previous two decades and even earlier which is that world of what we call 3d you know everything linear everything you know your traditional kind of jobs and professions mm. that will not be as timely let's say the, the 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 energy will back people who are disruptive who are into technology who are into spirituality so we will see a rise of that so if anybody listening to it has been in the spiritual closet and thinking oh should i come out time is now it, 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 <laughs> <Do> it now <laughs> yeah because you know it's it's that we can call it global awakening but in the next 20 years we'll see more and more and more and more of it and it's going to be like a big wave where i mean it's already started in a way you know the fact that we're having conversations like this openly and not quietly the fact that you know even corporations are investing in mindfulness trainings for their staff it is happening it is. And that ties in a little bit with people talk about the age of Aquarius, don't they, as well? And um, how yeah, things yeah. are kind of aligning. It looks like there's something big coming and uh, not not kind of fear big, but, you know, change big. Um, and what was it? Somebody was saying, is it the year of the wooden dragon um, in Chinese yeah. as well, which yes. is significant? Well, the actual, I, I actually, that's one of the, my little passions that I've oh, okay. followed since 2017, Chinese metaphysics. So it's not so much that it's the year of the dragon, that this is because it's fiery, but every uh, birth, every, every year has a birth chart, just like a person has a birth chart. And this year's birth chart is on 4th of February at half 4 p.m.-ish. And in the year's birth chart, there is four pillars. There is a pillar of the year, month uh day and hour mm. and every pillar has like an animal sign which basically signifies energy you know it all comes from like a, a agricultural calendar and probably some chinese peasants five thousand mm -hmm. years ago couldn't think in terms of frequency and energy but they could say oh this is a dragon or this is a rabbit this is mm -hmm. a tiger so anyway there's those four pillars and we have in the birth chart of this year 2024 we've got a double clash so there's two oh. animals that are clashing and the other two are clashing so it's going to be a very eruptive year and also beyond this year we've got that period nine which is the two decades uh period and what is this different like i could go very technical like hexagrams and stuff but basically what it means is it's going to be eruptive and it's going to be disruptive but in a good way things coming to light yes and also i believe that it's showing the matrix is crumbling yes. <laughs> basically that's my yes. interpretation of this chart so yes it's gonna there may be some troubling events or maybe some shock waves this year maybe even one big shock wave that will really be a little bit or another thing this year's chart that looks very similar to beginning of world war one and world war two which please don't think there's going to be a, some global conflict but it's just going to be short tempers eruptive yeah. kind of yeah squabble mm -hmm. but there's also going to be something big that will actually make us see the light and i think yes. this is what we need to 
it's the end of something. It's it's like a, it's a reset of something. But what are we resetting? It's actually good news for us humanity because what, what we had doesn't quite work. Like you know, <laughs> so, yeah. I, I know it's it is. It's kind of you get that sense, don't you, that you're on the precipice of something. There's something that, mm -hmm. and and I often wonder as well in terms of sort of the collective energy of the necessity almost of these things having to happen in order for more people to become aware or awake. Um, because there's a, there's, there's a lot to be said, isn't there about the collective energy. Once everybody's kind of at a certain level, that mm -hmm. can only be a good thing. Whereas, you know, historically it's always been like, we've been talking about, about that suppression and that repression and kind of being held back and not knowing your own power that that seems to be shifting now individual on an individual level and a collective level which feels exciting I mean I'm sure it's going to be explosive at times but <laughs> exciting not nonetheless the same like you know both you and I kind of stepped into our power during the pandemic and mm. if probably if not a set of circumstances and, and probably a lot of listeners too if not a set of circumstances around that we wouldn't maybe have been asking the right questions but since we have the truth has been revealed. Yeah. And every question I asked, my brain hurt a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It just felt like it was just being stretched. And I was like, I'm sh is this consciousness? I mean, my, my, my view of consciousness as well is the, of how expansive it is. And you step away from saying either or, or, you know, right, wrong. It's kind of, it's, it's very inclusive, isn't it? As you kind of expand um your consciousness but at the same time yeah I, I had to have a few sort of plateau moments <laughs> where I needed to recover um yeah sometimes you need to recalibrate and let's not forget that the consciousness also has this physical body and the physical body needs to catch up with all this kind of going on and that's mm -hmm. our vehicle for this lifetime and 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 very often when you are going through intense deprogramming reprogramming mm -hmm. uh Great. I don't want to use this buzzword, but you know, the physical body can feel quite tired at times mm -hmm. and it still has to support all this. I've had, I've had times when literally my consciousness would conk out yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> and that kind of leads me on to, um, cause I know, um, I know your husband Aaron does quite a lot with energy work and energy fields, but I know you do as well. And you have, you know, a, a wealth of knowledge on that. That was going to be kind of my next um, question, if you like. And, and I'm sure that a lot of people listening um, are more aware of their energy. They're more aware of, but in terms of energy and consciousness and the shifts and the changes, um, this idea of, um, you know, being protecting yourself and all, all everything that kind of goes along with it. Is there anything that you're finding kind of that's been helpful for you or a common theme that's coming up with the people you're working with that, that you could yes. share with the listeners yeah so basically um i think when it comes to being an empath this is this is a gift and mm. not a sentence so it's very yes. important to remember that it's 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 beautiful to be sensitive to energy i'm actually very sensitive to energy mm. <laughs> and myself yeah. and definitely you need to have adequate shielding mm -hmm. um in place and uh, you you can erect your own just with, with your imagination, whether it's uh, something as basic but powerful as white light or some walls or whatever. But there is one 
uh, practice, which is very difficult to explain in a short uh, video, but which I teach um, in more details. And sometimes first time my students are trying it, they're getting it all mixed up, but it's creating a closed circuit. And this is something I've learned from, um, from books that have never been published in English. Uh, I actually read um, them in Polish. They were translated from Russians and they came from the ex, the former USSR psychic program. And wow. it's, it's an exercise of cre creating a closed circuit. So just, um, you know, if, if, if someone wants to learn more in detail, um, I, I would be more than happy, you know, to, to teach them, but it's just, even, even when I explain slowly for half an hour, it usually mm -hmm. takes a lot of practice. Yes. Basically, it boils down to connecting um, your, your third eye and sacral chakra, your throat and solar plexus, and only letting the energy from the crown and from, uh, from the root. So we are not connecting links with other people <clears throat> and taking other stuff on. It's almost like the energy creates like a closed circuit. And for me, this was a groundbreaking exercise when I've learned it. It was really, really helpful to, to be maybe that, not be less sensitive because I'm just a sensitive, but it, it is less painful. For yes. example, uh, for, for me, when there's some negative frequency, whether it's a conscious spiritual attack or just something unconscious, I used to feel it very physically in my body to the point mm. of pain. Whereas now doing this exercise and this creating this closed circuit, it lessens it. But mm. to be fair, you don't have to do anything fancy. I think just even awareness of it that, yes. okay, I'm sensitive. It's a gift. It means I can navigate this quantum reality, mm. which we're moving into. I've got insights to it. For me, it's like as real as the physicality. Mm. It's actually an advantage, not a disadvantage. And I think that in general, that's my message. You know, don't forget that all these gifts and abilities that we sometimes hide and feel uncertain about, feel and rightly so, because that there has been a lot of suppression and, and that, but when we feel so um, shy about, they are actually going to give you an edge, especially in this next 20 years it's an mm. edge it's an it's mm. an advantage it's not a disadvantage and if mm. if, if you think that it's a burden if you think that it's a, a sentence being a star still being an empath no matter what label you attach to yourself please start thinking in terms of it's a wonderful gift what can i do with it mm. and i think that's a really important message you know i, I often talk about turning your sensitivity into a gift because i think sometimes you can get caught up in in the period of your a time in your life where it didn't feel like that because you didn't understand it but when you start to understand it and work with it and you know thank you so much for sharing that um technique as well um but yeah whichever way feels right for you it it is a gift and it kind of it almost acts as a platform sometimes for other gifts to then um you know birth from almost and as you were talking about that closed circuit as well I was um gosh years ago now Ria I was just sat you know sometimes I was just scribbling and, and bits were coming through and they kept saying something about a three-pin plug and I'm I'm no electrician I mean 
I don't understand how Alexis my, my, my husband used to be a long time ago <laughs> before his awakening so yeah maybe and, that's what uh, I call the close <laughs> yeah close circuit and it's what you reminded me of that because uh, I remember at the time looking it up I can't remember everything now but I remember reading something about there being um, like a neutral wire a grounding wire <laughs> and then the fuse and I'm thinking huh if we take too much on and we, and, and there's literally a saying, isn't there, about blow your fuse and we blow our fuse mm-hmm. it's in an overload. So this idea of grounding or using this grounding wire, which we know is, can be super helpful. Lots of different ways to do that, but essentially with nature um, is, is, is there. And then the new, the neutral one, the, the kind of, if it's this, this idea of being, I guess it's the, um, um, oh, what's it called the yeah. this idea of the middle path or the yeah. middle way yeah so it's and that yeah, was like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. yeah all roads lead to the same thing which is sovereignty and it's us kind of because mm. like I, I remember when i was reading those uh those i call it just russian psychics but those uh those those books um it was always that we are designed to be like um the, the metaphor was used we are designed to be like these bowls um, do you know, like when you, when children go and play in those kind of like dry, dry swimming pools, like in a play barn where there's like different, like colorful balls. Yeah. Like, like a ball pit. They, they, yes. Yeah, yeah. And let's say if every human being is like that ball, we are meant to just bounce off each other. Mm. However, somehow energetically, rather than being these balls that just bounce off, touch one another's interaction, but they just go keep their own ball shape and sovereignty we create all sorts of like loops and hooks and we hook onto one another and it just creates this energetic mess yes. whereas this practice of of actually being in your own bubble being in your own source is is a very healthy practice because naturally we would stop projecting onto others but we mm. also stop taking others mm. projections and expectations manipulations or whatever it is so yeah yeah, it's it's that that's neutrality (laughs) yeah and that that's actually a good way of thinking about it with the with the analogy with the ball because you know a lot of a lot of work I've done over the years doing energy healing work that's what happens you're seeing this sort of this idea of the cording and the hooks and various different Mm -hmm. things and then it's um learning about permissions and what's happened and how that can happen unconsciously and uh, oh yes <laughs> oh boy <laughs> <That's a good laughs> um, and yeah yeah and, uh, yeah that's, that's another whole it feels so kind of uh, natural like oh yeah what is permission but in in the energetic realm things like intention and permission are huge aren't they massive and that's I think that's another part of the learning that we're going through now um, you know, we're we're starting to learn and understand and become more aware of that, and therefore more mindful of our energetic bodies in a way, rather than it kind of just being a throwaway thought or not really thinking about about that. Um, which I think kind of you know goes hand in hand, or it's very closely connected, isn't it, to to what we're experiencing with the mental health crisis right now. You know, people are kind of just so burnt out and so done and so there's so many elements to mental health I know um but I I, I don't think you can segregate them separate them and, and say this is this and this is this it's it's kind of like they're all they're all working together and I feel like 
collectively and individually were starting to understand that those dynamics um mm-hmm. and how to and how to you know manage manage yourself through that a little bit better yeah i think it's it's a very important uh, aspect of the spiritual path that in effect it's about it's about happiness like as simple as as we can put it and and you know whenever i work with different galactic beings it's always about okay those energetic tools those like you know frequencies or whatever sophisticated or simple tools we have mm. ultimately they need to make our life just a, a little bit easier a lot easier because like this planet is a difficult planet this human experience <laughs> is a difficult experience and it's actually you know it's revered in in by other races it's, it's we are admired because we go through so much but i suppose once we have gone through our own healing releasing pain and trauma seeing ancestral patterns seeing all these dynamics i think also we then start having a lot more compassion to another human being because we've all to a degree had it tough uh we've been put in probably situations which we wouldn't have maybe we you know maybe if circumstances were better we would have made better decisions and we all have those situations where we shouldn't have even had to choose certain things but we, we had very little choice so i think a lot of that and the fact that we are becoming more aware maybe that's also part of this crisis is that we actually becoming yes. aware that it's it's okay not to be okay it's okay to admit that something isn't quite right it's actually seeing through what maybe the generations before us would just dismiss or it's like oh you know just suck it up mm. we, we're now becoming more sensitive that's such a good point because you know I'm, I, I can speak for myself from my family my parents you know they carried so much which they didn't do anything with and it got passed down and a lot of the work I've done is not even mine (laughs) you know yeah Um, and but that goes back to that point you were saying as well about the ancestors and how we've forgotten and we're not we're not mindfully um or, or, or even you know a beautiful sort of ritual practice or a sacred practice able to pass this down and so it all kind of it's clunky and a bit you know it's, it's um yeah it's it's a big one but um yeah I'm pleased you said that and, and made that point I just wanted to ask you as well um you know going back to the galactic side of things so for people that um are um curious I guess they've got questions about um working in this way or if if suddenly they start doing light language um you know from the experiences that you've had and working with people what can you explain a little bit more about the galactics and their kind of role in helping humanity right now? It's not very different than uh, the angelic realm. It's just basically being our guides. Um, They're not here to, first of all, they all respect the law of free will. So it's not going to be any intervention. They don't come uninvited, but it's almost like, for us as humanity to find our rightful place we need to open our mind to this vast universe uh, mm. around us and just stop thinking we're here all alone because there's so much more there's 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 there's, there's, there's so much more to be discovered but mm. i think the role usually is 
to help us find our way back as yes. home in a way because a lot of galactic races such as the Arcturians have been through a similar process like the ascension of consciousness I don't think any planet is as tough as this to my knowledge I'm sure there's others but it is it's still nothing to take from our experience but there is they can see what we on a stir they can see we are really really close and finally we may be open-minded enough to actually start contact and perhaps if they appeared in the physical form lots of those beings are not physical but if they appeared on in a physical form knowing the current system of power and control everything would have been twisted as if there's some you know they're trying to attack us they're trying to whatever you know there's going to be some war invasion which is totally not the case they're all very peaceful beings Mm -hmm. and i think by us actually making those independent connections telepathically uh remembering our past lives when we were maybe also not non-human uh beings it's almost like prepares ground for what's to come where whereby we will not freak out that we are not here all alone. It's just mm. a little bit of that, but also it helps our own process, which is what, what, what they all cheering us on, on this consciousness evolution. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Because there's, you know, I'm glad you've, you've said that because there's been a lot of fear mongering around this topic, hasn't there? Particularly, I guess, more from the government side. Um and no this, surprise, right? No surprise. And, it, you know, that feels, again, a bit like they're trying to control the narrative there. But there are so many people that that um, have a different narrative, like yourself and other people that are working in this way. And, you know, I often wonder as well with some of the stuff that we look at with the ancient civilizations, which I know a lot of it's still sitting in, in myth, um, you know, mm-hmm. because the archaeologists will not predate anything past a certain date and various there's, there's a whole there's politics right <laughs> um but in some of the art that they found there you know you can see these ships and these different beings and 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 i'm thinking well well is that where we're headed are we going to get back to that place where it feels very free and and there's this coming and going i, I think it's it 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 feels normal look look how far we've come as humanity i just want to look at our terrestrial history before we look beyond into the galaxy yes. so sorry Ria, i was just going to say lemur and atlantis that's that's here right that's earth that's here earth. On earth. Yes. They, and, yeah. but i'm sure they had the extraterrestrial contact but yeah look, look how far we've come even in our known history we are more open to other cultures i'm 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 polish i live in costa rica i'm now in thailand and it's like a normal thing for me it's just like yeah there is i don't know thai culture thai food costa rican culture whatever european african and it's all like even that is a big shift for us you know getting over things like racism other people have different foods and look different and it's just as even coming together as humanity we are only just almost getting into the corners of our planet whereas you know my grandmother she never really went out of her country and and she she probably spent most of her life in her village and she 
maybe met some, I don't know, a person from Germany or a person from Ukraine because it was a neighboring country, but I don't think she would ever have met anybody from another continent. Yeah. So I think we are a little bit like getting used to it. It's like, okay, to start with, maybe opening up more right here on this planet to different cultures, to, 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 to different uh, languages and all of that. Okay, well, the next step will be to realize maybe we can open beyond this planet. Yes, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, and and um, do you think that there are some some beings here already? Do you think that they're in and amongst us? I don't think in the physical form, as in hiding or something yeah. like that. Uh, I think it's more a lot of humans had extraterrestrial experiences yes. myself. So like star seeds are humans. I'm human. You know, my mom was human and my dad was human. And so this flesh is, is human. And, and people sometimes go into slightly dangerous kind of things when, when they think about star seeds because they think it's something physical. Well, mm -hmm. star seeds can come from all shapes, colors and sizes and nationalities. And it doesn't really, your looks don't determine. That's what you get from your ancestors. But your consciousness have definitely experienced something beyond that. So yeah. I, I think that's what it boils down to that in a way, even when you are human in this lifetime, chances are you weren't human in some other lifetime. Yeah. And that, that to me is really exciting to sort of explore that. And I think that going back to what we were saying about the remembering, that feels like that's happening more and more for people. Yeah. They're starting to remember Kind of, there's there's these off-world almost uh, memories that are coming to the surface and some of them like you say are being triggered through the light language mm -hmm. absolutely some of them are being triggered by frequency and 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 i think will be more of it coming and i think it's also happening intergenerationally so children are sometimes born today with a lot more remembrance like when we say we're going through that veil of forgetfulness when we're born here where we can't remember the past lives mm. i think that veil has been getting thinner and thinner and there is younger and younger people being born quite gifted being born quite um yeah with remembrance sometimes mm. yeah um i just want to ask you one more thing if that's okay and then we'll, we'll wrap it up but yeah. i mean i could i could ask you questions all day but but i won't <laughs> um but just for people listening as well um i know we touched on it briefly but this idea of of i guess soul mission or destiny you know some of us may feel mm -hmm. we have a very strong one and we're very in contact with that as an individual one others might feel it's more of a collective one or um or it might just be about you know repairing um relationships it might not be anything big like you know write a best-selling number one book or <laughs> something like that um I just wondered what your thoughts were on it and if you've kind of for the people that you've worked with because I know you do a lot of work helping people get to that place helping people you know and a lot of that I guess is is about removing stuff <laughs> but helping yes. people get to that place yeah I just wondered what you you hit the nail on the head it's actually okay. about unlearning and then it dis discover or rediscovering it and right. I I know that you can go and do what my husband does which is go to the Akashic Records read your soul contract but even the soul contract we call it between me and Aaron, we call it just the alignment blueprint. So it just shows you, it's mm. a guideline. It's not like, you know, a 
some legal agreement that unless you do it, then you condemn. There's nothing like that. Yeah. Yeah. And from my experience working with clients, and I mostly work with entrepreneurs, that's like, you know, my, my background is business. So I work with light workers who want to make like full-time career, let's say, out of the gifts, which very often involves tapping into that soul mission. My my kind of experience is exactly how you've mentioned. It's all about deprogramming. When you let go of these layers of fear, different limitations, different ancestral patterns, it becomes almost effortless to know what you're here to do. And I also believe that most people actually, when they say, I don't know, they actually do know. It's just they're afraid what would happen if right they step to this calling or they're afraid of judgment and sometimes it, it it boils down to you know lifetimes of persecution and and collective traumas and all sorts of things so yes you could go and you know speak to the galactic beings or read your soul contract and find what you're here for but your heart somewhere deep inside always knows if you could push aside all of the other people's expectations all of the layers of conditioning I think you will know exactly what you came here for. And usually it's also, and this is something I, I definitely want to add to it. It's also something that will bring you joy. So I know yeah. that the word mission and purpose sometimes makes us think of something like sacrifice, because maybe that's what we've inherited from religious upbringing. If it's going to be like a sacrifice, it's probably not that, because from my experience, when you're doing what you're passionate about when you're doing what you love mm. that's that's usually what your soul mission is it's, it's never going to be something you, that you hate and have to go do through gritted teeth yeah and that that word joy is so important because that's something again that that you know we've become separated from almost but pursuing I mean when people talk about passions you know you do think about joy because if you're passionate about it it can bring that energy can't it and um, I, I think it's really interesting that how you're describing that, because if you sense any kind of resistance, then there is probably about the undoing, the unlearning that's there, as opposed to the actual thing that you know you want to do, but you don't know why you can't do it. Yeah. And another thing is that soul mission does not always have to be something spiritual, let's say. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and this is something really important to add. When when I work with different star seeds, and sometimes I was aware of what they were doing in the previous lifetime and what they came here to. Sometimes the specialism are very technical. They're not always um, spiritual. Sometimes um, I, I remember actually listening to my husband actually doing star seed readings for our membership group like a long time ago when, when we were still small and we still had a lot of time to do that kind of stuff and we had like a group session and he was reading them all and it was really fascinating because he, he didn't know them personally or what their jobs were but very often what they were doing in the galactic lifetimes was not far of what they're doing in this lifetime so like for example someone who was chartering star maps when they were Syrian was actually working in logistics in this lifetime in like a haulage company and really loved it. So, wow. you know, sometimes it can be that concrete. It doesn't have to be yeah. that, you know, everybody's going to be a meditation or yoga teacher or a healer. It can be something very down to earth as well. 
That's so interesting. And I, I know for me personally, I've definitely fallen into that trap of, oh, that's not enough or that's not big enough. Even though the other side of me, when I think about big goes, oh, um, <laughs> but like for me, so I, I, I um, I'm a musician. It's taken me a long time to be able to say that word, but I'm a musician. Yeah. Um, I compose a lot of songs and it just kind of comes. Um, <clears throat> and I kept thinking, yeah, but how is that going to be helpful? I kept, I kept sort of dismissing it, thinking, how is that, how is just going and listening to music helpful? And I, I sat it with this. people open. How many, that, that's you guys, when you, when you're creating music, you're channeling, you, you're tapping yeah. into the, the, that kind of pure, let's say, I don't know, what would you call it? Universal energy yeah. or whatever. And how many times I've witnessed when music is what cracks people open, what maybe talking or explaining doesn't, but you hear a song and all of a sudden there's this cathartic release coming or the other way around. It brings joy and puts you in a good mood. Like, goodness me, what would that world be without music? It would be pretty miserable. I know. <laughs> so, and so you doing what you're doing, you're probably bringing a lot of joy to a lot of people or a lot of beautiful experiences. And it can be the same can be said about things like cooking. You know, sometimes it's such an ungrateful task, but it mm. can bring so much joy when you're eating a beautiful meal. So no matter what you're doing, I think it's how you're doing. Yes. And I wanted to just get that in because uh, I, I feel that there was some there's somebody listening to this that can relate because I think that you know we we often dismiss something thinking oh it's not this or it's not that or you know um but it absolutely is and that that's just literally a mindset issue that's getting in the way and for me with the uh, music um as it's kind of gone on I mean I have spells where I do a lot of it and I don't but recently because of the stuff with the light language and I definitely mm -hmm. connect with Lemurian the Lemurian has been coming through with the music so that's this is a whole new um, thing for me but I'm absolutely loving it and great people are saying great things back so yeah that crack you open regardless of what it is that you're doing is it's it's part of part of it right we're all doing our our little bit I guess yeah absolutely and i think i think it's also acknowledging everybody's role yeah. some um you know the, the different roles are just as important we all yes. like these kind of parts of this this beautiful tapestry and and we all play our role and you know for some people they desire to maybe be uh on stage and some people prefer to have more of a role in the background and the doesn't matter as long as whatever they do makes them happy I'm sure that they play the part yeah and that's that unity consciousness isn't it recognizing that everything everybody's equal in in the Absolutely. role yeah oh that's been awesome thank you so much for um for being with us Ria I'm sure the listeners have absolutely loved this episode um so thank you thank you so much for this beautiful conversation completely like guided by by spirit and uh, taking so many different angles it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much thank you thanks for listening so if you would like to connect to us elsewhere in the multiverse well you can you can find me sally at thecreativeview.co.uk or on instagram as the.creative.u 
For Sibby, her website is healingrights.com and she's also on Instagram as Sibby Rights. Lots of love. See you soon.